0: Chapter twenty five of That Lassa Lowries by Francis Hodgson Burnett. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. The old danger. It had been some time since Derrick on his nightly walks homeward had been conscious of the presence of the silent figure, but the very night after the occurrence narrated in the last chapter he was startled at his first turning into the knoll road by recognizing Joan. There was a pang to him in the discovery. Her silent presence seemed only to widen the distance fate had placed between them. She was ready to shield him from danger, but she held herself apart from him even in doing so. She followed her own path as if she were a creature of a different world, a world so separated from his own that nothing could ever bridge the gulf between them. Tonight Derrick was seized with an intense longing to speak to the girl, he had forborne for her sake before, but to-night he was in one of those frames of mind in which a man is selfish, and is apt to let his course be regulated by his impulse. Why should he not speak after all? If there was danger for him, there was danger for her, and it was absurd that he should not show her that he was not afraid. Why should she interpose her single strength between himself and the vengeance of a man, of whom he had had the best in their only encounter? As soon as they had reached the more unfrequented part of the road, he wheeled round suddenly and spoke. ''Joan,'' he said. He saw that she paused and hesitated, and he made up his mind more strongly. He took a few impetuous steps toward her, and seeing this she addressed him hurriedly. "Don't stop,'' she said. ''If—if if you want to speak to me, I'll go along with you." ''You think I'm in danger?'' He could not see her face, but her voice told him that her usual steady composure was shaken. It was almost like the voice of another woman. You never were in more danger in your life, the old danger, the old danger, as is worse to be feared now than ever. And you, he broke out, you interpose yourself between that danger and me. His fire seemed to communicate itself to her. arm as is meant to be done is coward's harm, she said, and will be done i coward's fashion. It isn't harm as will be done you with fair warning. "'He day leet and face to face. "'If it were, I shouldn't have fear. "'But the way it is, I say it shanner be done. "'It shanner, if I dee for it.' "'Then her manner altered again, "'and her voice returned to its first tremor. "'It is now wi me as it is wi other women. "'You munna judge o me as you judge o other lasses. "'What mouten't be reet for other lasses to do "'is reetie now for me. "'It hasn't na been left to me to be last like and fiat "'and, and modest.' and she drew her breath hard, as if she was forced to check herself. "'It has been left to you,' he burst forth. "'It has been left to you to stand higher in my eyes than any other woman God ever made.' He could not have controlled himself, and yet, when he had said this, his heart leapt for fear he might have wounded her or given her a false impression. But strange to say, it proved this time that he had no need for fear. There was a moment's silence, and then she answered low, thank you. They had gone some yards together before he recovered himself sufficiently to remember what he had meant to say to her. I wanted to tell you, he said, that I do not think any enemy I have can take me at any very great disadvantage. I am, I have prepared myself. She shuddered. "Ye carry Summit. Don't misunderstand me, he said quickly. I shall not use any weapon rashly. It is to be employed more as a means of warning and alarm than anything else. Riganites do not like firearms, and they are not used to them. I only tell you this because I cannot bear that you should expose yourself unnecessarily. There was that in his manner which moved her, as his light touch had done that first night of their meeting, when he had bound up her wounded temple with his handkerchief. It was that her womanhood, her hardly-used womanhood, of which she had herself thought with such pathetic scorn, was always before him, and was even a stronger power with him than her marvellous beauty. She remembered the fresh bruise upon her brow, and felt its throb with less of shame, because she bore it for his sake. Promise me one thing, he went on, and do not think me ungracious in asking it of you. Promise me that you will not come out again through any fear of danger for me, unless it is a greater one than threatens me now, and one I am unprepared to meet. she answered firmly, I conna promise you. You mun let me do as I had done for the sake of my own peace. She made no further explanation, and he could not persuade her to alter her determination. In fact, he was led to see at last that there was more behind than she had the will or power to reveal to him. Something in her reticence silenced him. You not know what I do, she said before they parted, and happen you wouldn't quite understand it if you did. I dunna do things lightly. I a reason to, and I ha' set my mind on seeing that farm as has been brewing for longy now shanna reach where it's aimed. I mun ha' my way. Dunna ask me to give it up. Let me do as I have been doing for the sake of misen, sen, if for no one else. The truth which he could not reach, and would not have reached if he had talked to her till doomsday, was that she was right in saying that she could not give it up this woman had made no inconsequent boast when she had told her father that if deadly blows fell they must fall first upon herself she was used to blows she could bear them she was fearless before them for she could not have borne to sit at home under any possibility of wrong being done to this man god knows what heavy sadness had worn her soul through the months in which she had never for a moment flinched from the knowledge that a whole world lay between herself and him. God knows how she had struggled against the unconquerable tide of feeling as it crept slowly upon her, refusing to be stemmed and threatening to overwhelm her in its remorseless waves. She was only left endurance, yet even in this there was a gladness which she had in nothing else. She could never meet him as a happier woman might, but she could do for him what other women could not do, She could brave darkness and danger she could watch over him if need be if the worst came to the worst she could interpose herself between him and violence or death itself but of all this fergus derrick suspected nothing he only knew that while she had not misinterpreted his appeal some reason of her own held her firm chapter twenty five